Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier. A little edgier today, a little grouchier, but we're here. We're grateful to be here. I'm here with two other Infinity Bros uh, all the way out west in Montana, Infinity Bro Jarrett. Hello, friends. Jarrett, I was not pleased. You talked me off the ledge. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. My mm-hmm. computer yeah, is ridiculous. Um, so thank you for talking me off the ledge. Got your back, man. Yes, you you do. My my six is got. And the other Infinity Bro here is Zane. Zane, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Max. How are you doing? I'm today? good. We went to Agave, which is the local Mexican restaurant in mid Minnesota. I liked it. I'm I am also a big fan. That uh, that cheese sauce, though. You've spoken really highly of the cheese sauce. It's very good. What did you? Th- I'm gonna give it a five point five out of six. Oh wow! I'll take it. I'm gonna give it five point five out of six. Sarah made a great point in the car. Teresa's in Prior Lake, Minnesota, does have pretty good cheese sauce. So I would concede that I think theirs is better than Agave's. I would give them a six. That's fine. Yeah, but. Not a, here nor there. Not a five-point infinity? No, not a five-point okay. infinity. The funny story about tonight, too, was Sarah leans over to me, my wife, and goes, you know what? I think I will have some margarita with you tonight if you order margarita. So I'm like, okay. Well, I, I'm not, I mean, I'll have a beer every now and then, but, I'll, but I'm, I don't think I drink margaritas ever. So we're ordering a margarita, and Zane across the table goes, oh, you got to get a large. You got to get a large. Okay. And they bring out this giant fishbowl. And and Sarah looks at me and goes, I'm only having two sips. <laughs> so what do you do in that scenario? Like, what do you do? Because I'm, I'm the town drunk now. You have a bowl of margarita to yourself before your podcast. <laughs> I maybe had half of it. Maybe had half of it. I wouldn't even say I had half of it. The real champ stepped up in Jardine. Yeah, he- Polished it he off did. He you. drank the rest, but it was basically, in his words, just slushy. But I don't know. I don't believe it. <laughs> the burritos were done, were dynamite. The the, the cheese sauce is yeah. really good. The bur- Margarita was a four out of six. I've had better. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us on our uh, agave review podcast. If you uh, haven't caught us before, <laughs> this is all we do. We just talk about Mexican food. We just you're, you're quite we the travel foodie, the Jared. country, <laughs> eating subpar Mexican food. That's in so other good. places. Yeah. That's our bit. Hey, there's worse bits to have. Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Moser. We're going to have a great episode here today with you. If you've never heard us before, we're a nerdy podcast, basically all over the place with anything we, we really like with pop culture, film, TV, comics, comic books, comic movies, comic stand-up, uh, comic strips. You know, you got a comic. We like it, probably. Uh, very, very busy episode. Before we get into it, though, guys... We did have another iTunes review. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. I'm kind of surprised. Didn't want to say it. I found it. I went and looked it up and we got it. So, going to read it is from t.r.cruz. He says, So much I loved about this. Five stars. Wow. Very much enjoyed the discussions and banter. So good to hear from some guys from Second Main. I believe he is referencing our college days in the dormitories of Crown College. Zane, can you confirm? This is Tyler. Uh, yes, yes, this is Tyler. 
So that is confirmation. Remembering uh, Tyler from the days of Second Main. Shout out to uh, yeah, he Tyler. He doesn't sign off as Tyler, but Tyler's a good dude. Very great, sweet, gracious review. Good people. He left it for us about a week and a half ago. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus with last week. It was Mark's wedding. And so, uh, yeah. So we're we're just over the moon about it. Thank you so much, Tyler. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for doing that. And you, too, can leave a review for us um, on iTunes. Go give us five stars. Do you hate us? That's fine. Give us five stars and never listen again. Be a great gift. We won't speak ill of you. If you go below a three, if you go like three or below, there's a good chance we're going to make fun of you, right? Right, Jared? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you brought it on yourself at that point. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, if I don't like a podcast, I'm not going to leave a review for it. Yeah, that's fair. But that's just how I personally work. But if you're somebody... If I absolutely hate the podcast, I will go leave a very, very bad review. But if you're at like a three, I don't care enough one way or the other. Yeah, that's a one-star review, right? Mm -hmm. You either really only leave a one or a five. Yeah. I can concede to that. I can concede to that. So, Well, when we're not talking about reviews and margaritas, uh, we're going to talk about some nerdy stuff today. Uh, But you may hear some of uh, our reviews and how we review things uh, in a specific rating system. So we want you to be familiar with that. So we're going to put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. All right, and in our first segment, we like to do what's called nerd news. And in nerd news, we just talk about things that are maybe nerdy, um, or it could be pop culture news that's relevant to everybody else. We kind of break it down, discuss it, do different things like that. And guys, the Oscars just happened. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the Oscars, Jared? I did not. I caught some of the stuff after the fact, but I did not watch it live. Zane, did you watch it? I No, I did not watch it live either, but I did... Uh pay attention to the stuff like as the awards came out and some of the winners and whatnot but no i did not watch am i the only person that still finds the oscars kind of somewhat enjoyable to watch probably yeah <laughs> i might be because i literally everybody i talk to goes why would i watch that yeah i think seeing it after the fact i i would have liked to have watched this one live um but i think it's one of those things where like i don't care i mean it's a very as a general rule, it's a very elitist and like highbrow thing that no, it's just not like, it's just rich no, people patting other rich people on the back. And I didn't, I don't care for that anymore, but uh, I think this year would have been a good one to watch. Anymore. I mean, I used to, when watch did this. you care about it? Can you tell us when, can you tell us when you stopped watching and why? Yeah. Uh, in high school, I really was full of myself. I was one of those guys who thought I was really classy because no. I owned a jazz no. CD. Yeah, no, I know. Shocker no. me. Really? Um, so then I, I guess one day I just grew up and you know what, Max, you'll get there too. Ah, got him. <laughs> I'm just shocked that Jarrett would even say that he has an ego. I, I don't believe that for a minute. Nobody on this show has an ego. There's just no way. There's no way. Um, I'm going to go through some of the winners. Stop me if you want to talk about any of them. Uh, here we go. Best documentary short film, learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, that was the winner. Uh, best live action short film, The Neighbor's Window. Uh, the best animated short film, Hair Love, Pause. Want to talk about this one. Saw this on Sunday morning, the CBS uh, news show, um, the morning of the Oscars. This thing is fantastic. It's a six out of six. 
one of the best short films I've seen in a long time. Uh, the goal and the premise of it was to normalize um, black young girls' hair. That part, yeah, it's there. But for me, the story is really where you fall in love with these characters. There's no words being said, and it's a really wonderful film. Very short. You can find it online. Hair Love, that's a wonderful one. Best Sound Mixing, 1917. Zane, you're a 1917 advocate. What is your rating of this movie? Uh, I'd, I'd give it a 6 out of 6. This movie was very well done. And, um, yeah, I can definitely see the, the sound mixing on it. Because just the it the whole movie, I mean, it's done sh- one shot. But when you're doing the whole thing one shot, like the sound is a huge thing to make sure you're not drifting off from what you're watching. And so this, they do a very good job on the sound of keeping you in with what's happening. So I 100% agree. It also won Best Visual Effects with Avengers Endgame getting second yes. on there. You've obviously, obviously on this podcast, we're very nerdy. We love the comic book things. We kind of were having a dialogue our, ourselves as a group. Do you think this was better special effects than Avengers Endgame? Um, well, I think it's almost like different categories of visual effects. So obviously with a comic book movie, you know that so much of that is going to be CG and green screen because like, I mean, you got Dr. Strange opening portals and you got all this stuff happening. The thing that made, uh, 1917 so much different is the fact that you can't really tell when these special effects are happening. It blends in so well with the practical effects. And that's where I think it sets itself. The other movie that you really liked, and I haven't seen yet, so try not to spoil it, but Ford versus Ferrari won Best Sound Editing. I mean, aside from sound editing, what would you give this ranking of this movie? Um, That's another one. Like, I got to give that a a six out of six as well. Like, I love both of those movies. So I was really happy any awards they came away with. Um, I would have liked to see Ford Ferrari, like, or Ford versus Ferrari get a few more, but I'm glad it did. Get oh, they it did. they believed that they should have that uh, Ford versus Ferrari should have gotten more for best director. I know too. Like they went up there and in their speech, that's what they said: best director. We got snubbed this year on best director. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I agree with that. Like that's both those movies. If you kind of look down your list of like, oh man, what some of these Oscar winning movies that I should see, like definitely would recommend 1917. Definitely would recommend Ford versus Ferrari. Both those movies were very very good i enjoyed watching both of them best costume design uh little women uh the best makeup and hairstyling is bombshell did, did either of you see either of these movies no yeah i haven't either so i did not um best song is i'm gonna love me again from rocket man uh which this was rocket man's only oscar nomination um i haven't seen it but i've heard very a lot of good things about this elton john um film and I'm, I'm actually shocked this is a film that the academy at least to what other people are saying loves these films typically so i'm i'm shocked this was the only nominee but at least they got the victory in there so but we'll see uh best score uh hilder guten good not uh she's the gal who made uh the song from she she wrote the whole um gosh what am I, what is the word i'm looking for here she wrote the entire score for the movie Joker. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. So, and they played that haunting theme that he had when she walked up, and it was like it—it it almost didn't feel celebratory. It was hilarious. Very, very strange. Did I lose you guys? Are you guys still there? We're still here. Just okay, so, good. just you're soaking just, it in. You're just soaking in. Yeah, you're just letting me hang. You're hanging me out to dry right now. I really appreciate <laughs> that, guys. First with the margarita, now here. There you go. Did she do another movie? 
I feel like she did another movie that had a really good score to it. I'm sure she did. We can we can we can pull it up on IMDb. Uh best production design once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh Jared, did you see this movie? I saw it. No, it's on my list. Oh my gosh. We we need to get our ish together because we're following Once apart. Upon a Time in Hollywood. I watched this movie. That's a six out of six. And to me, that might have won. Uh, to me, I was like, this might be best film. I saw a couple other of these, but I mean, that's just my opinion. Best film editing, Zane Ford versus Ferrari. Best cinematography, Roger Deakins for 1917. Zane, there you go. That's not surprising. Best original screenplay. And this kind of starts the new theme of the rest of the night. The big awards went to this guy and his crew, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Best adapted screenplay, Taika Watiti for Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Dude, Taika Waititi became a big deal because of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can I talk about this one a little bit? Go for it. So um, it's really cool. Obviously, this is kind of near and dear to my heart, but I don't know if you watched. Well, obviously, you watched it, but I don't know if you were able to catch his speech. Um, so Taika Waititi is now on the echelon of greatness. Obviously, he has been, but it's cool to see that he's the first uh, indigenous person to be nominated for an Oscar and definitely the first to win. Um, and in his speech, he pays so much respect. He does a traditional Maori greeting. He talks about the land rights. Um, and then this quote, I absolutely love this. He says, I dedicate this to all the indigenous kids in the world who want to do art and dance and write their stories. He said, we are the original storytellers and we can make it here as well. And I thought that was so cool to see. Um, I showed this to a bunch of my kids in my classes. Uh, I loved his speech. I thought it was great. Yeah, it seems like a lot of times some of these speeches... Um, are political. So like Brad, Brad Pitt kind of took some shots at Congress over the um, uh, impeachment hearings. But this one felt really pure almost, if that makes sense. It did, did not feel braggadocious. It did not feel conceited or um, I don't know what you use a phrase earlier to kind of describe how that process is. But Taika seems so um, down to earth to me. And obviously the hunt for the wilder people is kind of where he got his start before Marvel found him. And I just got to say like that movie and, and Thor Ragnarok really set him up to get this, this opportunity. And I couldn't be more grateful to see him take home that award. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're Disney, do you even question who should be doing the Mandalorian season two? It's gotta be Taika Waititi. Don't you think he sh- he should be doing every one of those episodes. It just and you got to keep writing that like he's he's such a powerhouse right now and he's doing so well for himself like he's obviously earned this um that like if you're disney you keep writing that because you're the one that lock him in yeah you're the one that made him like a household name i mean obviously he put in the work himself but like thor ragnarok is what brought him to the public mind well and hunt for the wilder people was a good movie but it was a smaller film right and, and it got some like award attention but it was not Thor Ragnarok. And Thor Ragnarok, I think, is the biggest pleasant surprise in the whole MCU in regards to films. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's, that was one I think the, the bar was low for him. And he really killed it with that. Just um, knocked it out of the park. Best documentary is American Factory. Best international feature, Parasite. Best animated feature, Toy Story 4. Jarrett, do you think Toy Story 4 is better than Klaus? You've raved about this movie. Is it better than Klaus? So I love Klaus. I really think that Toy Story 4 won this riding off of nostalgia. Um, I'm I'm very critical of Toy Story 4. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I think it's a bad Toy Story movie. Um, 
uh, I would have, I would have easily put Klaus over this. Um, and I mean, people can disagree with me, but I love Klaus. I think it was fantastic. I've seen both. I'll take Toy Story Four. Klaus is just—I don't see what everybody else sees in Klaus. Personally, I give it a three out of six. Just it's—it's it's not. It's not big to me, but I know I know you are a big Klaus advocate. And so, but I, if you go back to our Toy Story review, I wasn't high on Toy Story either. So, um, Best Supporting Actor went to Brad Pitt. I referenced his speech earlier. Best Supporting Actress went to Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Best Actress went to Renee Zellweger in Judy. That was out of left field, man. She looks way different, too, with her Botox. That's really strange. Uh, Best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Let's pause and talk about this for a little bit. Um. I, I, before Zane, and, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about this too with the Joker role. I have always been, Zane, you and I have both been critical, and you, you can say your piece too in a sec, but we have been critical of this role that the Joker just seems to be a role that anybody can do. Um, and it's, it, it appears to me after Joaquin's performance that we were sorely mistaken. And this is the greatest Joker ever. And this is a pure, this, this is, I'm so happy he won this because to me now we can put the rest, at least my interpretation of this is he is better than Heath Ledger, no doubt now. No doubt about it. Because to me, I still feel like Heath won that award a little bit based off of his passing. Um, I think he had really great people around him. This movie was Joaquin Phoenix going at it. I stand by it, even having some time away from it. I've only seen this film once. It's still one of the best films of 2019 and 20 or 20, 2019. Yep. And just, I, I, this is a six out of six performance, but this is such like he, he absolutely demolished this role. Zane, what are your thoughts on that? Since we've, we haven't really had a chance on the same podcast to talk about this. Yeah, no, like I, I completely agree. I mean, it, like I wouldn't necessarily say it broke our narrative of saying that the Joker is, I don't know if easy role is the right word, but it definitely fits our narrative in that, oh wow, we have another good take on the Joker. But I definitely am 100% in agreement that this is my favorite take on the Joker. I think what, I mean, yeah, what Heath Ledger did was great. Like I can't knock that, but I like we've discussed many times, I think that got way more attention because of his passing and what Joaquin Phoenix does in this movie, like it's so much more, it just has more power and so much more weight to it. And I think part of that is showing the transition from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Whereas in Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger, like we just saw it at the Joker already. We didn't see any of the setup. We didn't see going from one mindset to another. We didn't see... It was just, okay, you're just going to go... You're going to start off as the Joker. And I think the way Joaquin Phoenix did it added a whole new layer to it in that, okay, you're going to start and you're going to show us through the process of this movie these snapping points, these things that, you know, these ticks that get you all the way. And then by the end of the movie, we're going to see like, oh, crap, like, this has completely evolved. Like, he's this villain now that we're used to seeing. And I think that holds far more weight and shows far more prowess to it than what Heath Ledger had. Oh, I like how you say prowess there, Zane. That's hilarious. Thank you for doing it that way. Pretty sure. Yeah, no problem. But, yeah, like I said, nothing. I'm not hating on Heath Ledger. It's a good take. 
I think it was wildly overrated and yeah, overblown. Yeah, to clarify, I agree with you. I think it's a good Joker. I just think it is not like this out of out the way that people treat that role in my opinion is this out of world experience, out of body like he became the Joker and you you watch documentaries about his life and stuff and you just kind of learn like no that's just how he kind of rolled in all his roles. I, I don't I don't know. I don't buy it as much. Jared, are we speaking blasphemy right now? Look, I I mean, I've I've already stuck my foot in my mouth once over the Joker, so I'm not going to I can't say anything either way because I would be speaking from a place of ignorance having not seen it yet. Um I will say like obviously Oh, for, oh yeah, Joker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger has been the Joker for so long. Like when we think of the Joker, we think of Heath Ledger, right? And I think so many people have brought great things to it. Um, with the exception of obviously suicide squad and Jared Leto. Um, but I think people, the, the difference between Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix is how much people are, um, continuing to talk about this, not as like, Oh man, it's sad. Um, with Heath Ledger, it was always revolved around how this role kind of took him to this dark place where he passed away. Whereas Joaquin Phoenix, they really talk about the character, uh, and how well it developed and how much it grew into this thing and, and the story that he told there. Um, so just from somebody on the outside looking in, having not seen the movie, uh, I do think there's more of a ripple and a cultural impact um, that maybe Heath had because of his death, but Joaquin had because of the way that he portrayed the character. And then finally, best director and best film went to Parasite and Bong Hoon Jo. Pretty remarkable night for this guy. Walks away with three Oscars two of them personal in the third. I mean, you win best picture. Like you're basically, you're, you're getting a lot of the, yeah. Right. As a director, you're getting a lot of the feedback for that. How surprised were you guys about this? Um, none of us have seen the film yet. It is on my list. Now this, this put it to my list, to be honest with you, I would never have watched it, but after hearing about this, I, I will be watching it this year at some point. Um, what were your thoughts on this? This was a pretty big shakeup, I think for the Oscars. This is a lot. And like, it's, I'm seeing it pop up everywhere people are talking about it and it's interesting because it's very divisive like people have very strong feelings one way or the other um especially like not just about the film but about all the oscars that were won um i for one think it's great uh i i think that for somebody to come in like this with a foreign film uh and to really make a show of it like that it, it must have something that it brings to the table that um really took everybody off guard and i think from a from a from a movie that I saw trailers of and I was like, I have zero interest in this uh, to see all the awards that it's winning and how much it's being talked about um, means that there's really something special that it did tell a unique story. So yeah, it's, it's on my list for sure. I've read the spoilers for this one and I still want to watch it, which is very unusual for me. I, once I kind of read the spoilers, I don't have any interest in watching it. Zane, what do you think? Yeah, no, like I, I obviously haven't watched the movie, but it does get me some hype to want to watch it. Um, have either of you guys watched Train to Busan? No, I know he's okay, done that. So though. that's one of his. Yeah, and so that's one of his earlier movies. Oh, Snowpiercer yep, is and great. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is a six out of six. And so, so that's why just taking like those movies, like I'm not super surprised that he got an award. Like I know he's a fantastic director. And but I think he gets slept on so much because it is foreign. Like, yeah, you have to read subtitles, you know, for most of his stuff. And obviously, like Parasite, you got to read subtitles. And I think most people um, look at, you know, cinema and movies. And it's just like, 
well, all the foreign stuff is just artsy. Like, I don't need to pay attention to that, what's coming out of Hollywood. And I think he's doing a good job of showing, like, hey, I can make some really good movies, too. Like, we can do stuff. Like, it's about how you shoot stuff and how it's written. And, you know, he's done a very good job of getting what he wants, you know, the image in his head and putting that on a screen. And I think that's one thing that really sets him apart from other directors. And so, yeah, like, I'm I'm really happy that he won the awards he did. Like, I, I don't think that's going to be the last we ever hear from it's him. It's exciting, too, because I was really worried with the Oscars that um, Scorsese was going to walk away with a lot yeah. because of his name. Yeah. And it was, it was really refreshing to watch Scorsese not win anything, partly because we – on this podcast, most of us are like, screw that guy. But um, for the other part, that's a joke. But for the other part, it's like, it, it's just delightful to see somebody get a nod that it's not based off their name or what they used to do. And you're kind of implying that a little bit here, Zane, but I don't think so. I, I don't think he got this based off of those films. I really don't. I, I think Parasite, they really felt like was the best film. Um, and that's exciting because that's how the award should be given out um but years ago they had the green book and a lot of people felt like that shouldn't have won and other things like that so i, I think the oscars got this one right so but is what it is any other comments on the oscars before we move on boys it's just i i think once again like it's nice to touch on like hollywood tends to be this kind of boys club of the same names that are rotated over and over again and i think this year's oscars showed us that like we can we can successfully sub- subvert those expectations. Like expect the unexpected now, because with Taika Waititi and with Parasite, like Hollywood is is entering a new era. I think. And if you're gonna tell people to be representative, you better be you better be backing it up by doing it yourself. Absolutely. And they did it with a lot of their choices. Uh, Hair Love was another movie that they did it with. Yep. Um, but they did give love to the movies that needed it. Like Zane, you talk about Ford versus Ferrari in 1917, and. Obviously, I think everybody thought Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix knocked out nailed Mark, it, yeah. so he deserved that. So I I really think they I actually think they got it right this year, and I think that's weird for people to understand because Hollywood usually sucks sucks at these kinds of things, and they they kind of did it right. And you know what? The other part, Steve Martin and the and uh, Chris Rock did a bit for about ten minutes, and it was hilarious. Six out of six. Give those guys the Oscars. Give it to them next year. Let them rip everything. Give don't hold back. Just let them rip everything. Because when when you when you make fun of yourself, it's way funnier and way better. I think everybody liked it, and they did a cat's bit too. Did you guys see the cat's bit? Um, I, I saw the backlash from it more than I actually saw the bit. Oh my gosh, this was great, so Zane, You'll go look up the video. It's it's um two actors. I don't I don't remember who it is. I think it's James Corden. Yeah, it's James Corden and uh, uh, Rebel Wilson. No. Yeah, really, it, it was, was Rebel Wilson. Wilson yep. yep. And they walk out, and they they were presenting for visual effects for 1917. <laughs> They go, nobody understands how important visual effects are like we do. And then they just look <laughs> at the camera blankly. And so you good. could just sense like, oh, my gosh, they even realized how bad that movie <laughs> they was. They feel it. <laughs> um, and then they gave it to 1917. They handed it to them in their, cock, their cat costume. It was so good. It's such it was, a good It's, it's an incredible video. I'll, I'll, I'll post that in the, in the show notes if you're listening and you want to check that out. Top top part of the night. So let's go to some more nerd news. We're going we're gonna to try to fly through this because we got a lot more to do. Um, before Robert Pattinson, Pattinson was Batman, we had Ben Affleck, and he finally came out to talk about why he did not do the Batman movie. And he says, quote, I drank relatively normally for a long time. What happened was I started drinking more when, and more when my marriage was falling apart. 
I'm not laughing at this. I'm, I'm laughing at just like, I'll talk about this. Second. This was 2015 and 16. My drinking, of course, created more marital problems. The biggest regret of my life is this divorce. I showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think this is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Wow. That is a very damning quote towards DC, guys. What is your reaction to this? This is scathing. And like, you really feel for the guy because. Uh, not only was he dragged by like the press dragged by, you know, all the fans and everything, but like DC also kind of left him out to dry. Like there was no, um, it didn't seem like there's a ton of support there not a lot of people were backing him up. And so like for, for Ben Affleck to go through all of this, uh, like I could understand kind of where he's coming from. And that's such a dark place to be that like, dude, get the heck out of there. Honestly, like I think for me, I think for me though, Jared, it's it's not even that he was in that dark place. It is that his buddy looked at him and said, "You will drink yourself to death." Like the buddy did not think that the script was good. Right. He didn't think the script was good at all, and it's I think for me it's comical that Ben Affleck literally would rather just not do it anymore. Yeah. He was so it's he appeared so invested in Batman v Superman and just to watch DC ruin him suck the life out of him yeah it's comical that's why i laugh at it it's it's not even ben affleck's fault it's just dc zane what are you thinking man yeah no i would have to agree on that especially when you get such a big actor like affleck in there and just you know you actually kind of have some clout and you're getting people excited like oh we just got ben affleck and you know you're coming off of you know batman versus superman or whatever and then literally just yeah just watch the life just get drained out from someone because you're just like, this is this is terrible. You want to do what? <laughs> like, just slowly, the, just to get someone to a point, you're just like, yeah, I, I just, I'm done. I'm just walking away. What are your like, t- two questions before we go to our next one? Um, first off, what is your review of Justice League today? Uh, I, I honestly can't even remember the last time What's I watched that What's your rating? What's your rating? I'm like, sorry. What's your rating? <laughs> 2.5. That's maybe even generous. I think it's a two for me. Zane, what would it be for you? Yeah, I'll just keep it as a two because that was probably what my original rating was. I, Like I said, I have not watched that movie since no, we walked out of the theater. I haven't theater either. Well, it's interesting. It. That's the last but, time I watched What's interesting it. is I haven't watched Joker since I left the theater. But I don't, I don't know if I want to go back to Joker, if that makes sense. Just I res- Joker's just so yeah, I heavy. respect that movie so much. And it's it, it to me it almost has the same effect. Like I don't want anything to do with this movie. Just two different like ways of feeling. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about about Justice League. Just like I will always rip that movie. I feel bad. Robbie's not on this. I think you would have had some great perspective to provide. What do you guys think of the Batman? The what new Batman. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Uh, what do you think of the new Batman suit? Before we move on to uh, other stuff. I think it looks great. I think I think I've been ragging on Pattinson for a while about how. Um, I don't know. I really don't understand why he's the choice for Batman, but I think so far from what we've seen from the set photos, the Batman suit looks great. Uh, the motorcycle looks awesome. And I, I love the more like military uh, year one style that they're going with this. I yeah, think but then he'll awesome. kill people and we'll all be mad again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm of the mindset that like I, I fully don't care. Uh, give me that movie. Oh, <laughs> boo. Boo that take. Zane? <laughs> No, like I, I, I just it's something new, and so it looks cool, and like I think that's something that DC kind of needed to do of 
with Batman. Like, okay, we're going to give you something new, something cool. And yeah, some people may be, oh man, it's Pattinson. But I think he gets such a bad rap from Twilight. And it's that's like, not fair. People yeah, that's don't not want to see. It's right. not fair at all. And so I'm excited. Looks cool. I'm on he board. He actually kind of looks not bad in the costume, which to me right. is the most yeah. important part. It, it, it is irrelevant because all the Batman suits kind of look the same. There'll be extra added accessories or subtracted accessories, depending on what the guy does. But to me, it's it's that jawline. Is that oh, jawline yeah, sure. a Batman jawline? And I'll tell you what, I think it is, and that's all I care about. So I, I'm like you, Jared. I'm cautiously optimistic. If it's the same people that did Joker, let's do this. If it's the same people that yeah. did Justice League, get ready on this episode. We're going to rip them when we talk about it. We are going to rip them apart because we don't hold back yes. on DC anymore. I think we did. We don't do it anymore. I, like I don't get me wrong. I want to see Pattinson succeed. I want to see DCU pull itself up by its bootstraps, fix itself. Um, I watched Water for Elephants with him in it, and like I, I, I hated him in that role. I hated that movie, and so like I do want to see him succeed. I just it's it hasn't been there for me in the past. But you know, I, I'm I'm ready to be surprised. This isn't on Robert Pattinson. This is on DC. That's how I look at mm-hmm. it. Whoever Agreed. whoever's Agreed. behind the mask, they're just kind of they they just got to pray that they they do their best and that the editors and director do well. And we'll see. Um, news for you guys: The Witcher season two begins production. Still haven't Ooh. watched season one, but I know you guys are big fans of it. So I'm going to read the article and let you guys talk about it. This comes from Dark Get on Horizons. That. You guys still give it six out of sixes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Netflix has added seven cast members to The Witcher as production begins in the UK on the show's second season that will that will launch in early 2021. Henry Cavill, uh, Anya Shalatra, Kalatra, she's, she plays Yennefer. These names, man, what sure. on earth? I can't tell if they're real or fake here. Here we go. Freya Allen as, as Siri or what? what C, yeah, Siri, Siri. good. Yeah. Joey Beatty as Jeskier. Jessica. Okay, good. My Anna Beering as Tissia. Tissia? Tessia? That's T I. Tissia? Tessia? I didn't know the I sound made it now. All right, here we are. Tissia? There we go. They're joined by Yasin Atur from Young Wallander. Don't know what that is. As Cone or Kane, C O E N. Do we know who that character is? Whoever's sure. listening to this, whoever's listening to this has <laughs> got to be losing their marbles right now, don't you think? Like, I'm the worst person to pick to read this article. I'm the literally worst person to pick in the on the planet. On the planet, that fishbowl's hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling it. <laughs> Just, I'm slurring. Here we go. We're good. <laughs> Witcher season two. Here we go. Agnes Bjorn as Verena. I think I said that one right. Paul Bullion from Peak, Peaky Blinders as Lambert. Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> Something Rasmussen <laughs> from Fast 9 as Eskel. Aisha Fabian Ross, the Danish girl, as Lydia. Christopher Hivju uh, from Game of Thrones as Navillan. And Messia Simpson as Francesca. And then they'll have directors um, from the Umbrella Academy, Cursed, the Last Kingdom and meet the pa- the the Patels uh, handling episodes as well. The showrunner will be Lauren Schmidt Hisrich. 
I apologize to our listeners for having to listen to me try to read that article. <laughs> I just pulled the article up thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just read this and let them do it. And that, that took way longer than what the review is going to be. I apologize. Um, after cringing for 30, 45 seconds, guys, what do you think of, of this news? Go ahead, Zane. I, I think it's great. Like I'm really excited for season two. Um, I, I get the vibe that they're going to add more from kind of like the short stories, kind of get the ball rolling there, but they established everything from season one. Like we got all the characters together and I think now we're ready to really start heading in a solid direction. I believe they already said or confirmed for season two, they're not going to be doing the time hopping anymore. It's going to be all like linear from here on out. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for, uh, ready for season two. I love, you know, that we get Tormund in the Witcher now instead of just Game of Thrones. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think they, they did a good job setting up the groundwork in season one. And I think obviously like we give this a six out of six. So them trimming whatever fat that there is and continuing to make a good and even better product, like I don't see this going in any way, shape, or form wrong. I mean, granted, like, uh, Game of Thrones exists, so there's that. But I think they have such a good direction with this that that isn't really an issue that they're going to face down the road. And plus, you have, like, a very charismatic cast. I think that Henry Cavill is just knocking it out of the park. And even in his interviews, like, every interview and everything surrounding this secondary and tertiary is, like, getting me psyched more and more for season two because he's just such a charismatic and like likable guy that you can't help but want this season to succeed. So yeah, I'm all in on this. I'm really glad you guys like this. And again, I apologize to those that, uh, that had to listen to that. Finally, this isn't really news. This is more of a rumor, but, uh, Marvel's Loki TV show may set up King the Conqueror. Zane, you and I have been talking about this for years Years. I, I mean, we. Part of the reason we started this podcast was to get these takes out there before this crap. Because these because we takes. needed to be the ones that said we told you, listen to the show, right? Stop exactly. It. Avoid the you heard it Avoid here Max talking about The Witcher, but listen to everything else. <laughs> okay. So Zane, do you believe this rumor is true? And then Jared, while you're on deck, I want to hear. And then, Zane, you'll get time to think about it because I already know my answer. Jarrett, I want you to process who would be the person that you would want to be King the Conqueror because that's probably the next big villain, okay? Zane, what are your thoughts on this? Go. I love it. I love that we're getting into a villain like Kang just because it's, like, I've always said, like, you know, there's your big A-lister, top-of-the-line villains and then Kang is like that A1. Like, everyone forgets about him, but he's such a huge villain, especially in regards to the Fantastic Four and just the whole uh, aspect of, like, time travel and which obviously is what we're going to get with Loki. So it makes perfect sense to bring Kang in. And, like, I love it. Like, I definitely agree that this is the next step. To s- you can set this up as the big bad guy because, like, I mean, it- it's a huge thing with time traveling. And you got that in Endgame. Now you can bring that into the Disney Plus universe. You can start having time travel in the actual movies. And like, if you're going to start messing with time travel, there's no better villain than Kang. So like, I love it. I'm all for it. Kang is one of my all time, like uh, Marvel villains that like people don't give enough respect to him. And like high evolutionary are, are way up there on my list. 
But if I were to fan cast this, um, it kind of sucks that Benicio del Toro isn't really an option. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one at you that's kind of wild. So so hear me out a little bit. But Pierce Brosnan, um, I think like as an older Kang, right? He's got that very like highbrow aristocratic feel to him that I think like this is a dude who who like just eeks of control and power that him doing the voice behind that would just be solid um another one that would i'd, I'd like to see is like mahershala ali i was thinking that too but he's blade insane. he's blade insane i know i thought mahershala ali too is as one of mine i had a couple but mahershala ali is like he would murder this i was so sad because like him and him and benicio del toro are off the table so like those would be my go-to's um, but I think Pierce Brosnan would be dope. Yeah, I really, the other one I really like, and this is going to sound a little out of left field, but I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I think Leo could carry this role. I think he could come in and out, um, and he doesn't have to do much. If you can kind of, if you can sprinkle him in everything for the next like eight years and really set him up to where he can show up when he needs to show up and they work around his schedule. And then in eight years they go, okay, we're going to do a part one, part two and we'll, we'll need you for th- for two years on, on those, and then he can, like, lock in on that. Because he's a guy who, you know, is really big into the art, and he, he wants to kind of be available for multiple things. I think Leo would be a great pick for this, too. Um, there's a lot of a lot of actors I like, too. Zane, who do you like? Uh, I have no idea. You've got nothing. You can't even <laughs> give us... You know You know what the other one I was, I was saying too, Jared, is Denzel Washington. Oh, Denzel would be great. I think Denzel Washington would be fantastic. I, like you, want an older presence for Kang, if that makes sense. I, I feel like something with Kang feeling older would br- really be great. Uh, I think Denzel Washington would be a tremendous one too. I really like him and, him and Leo in these roles. They're not going to pick them. They're going to pick somebody young probably. Um, but we'll see what are the chances. Cause there's rumors before we move on to the, but before we move on to hot or snot, there's rumors and, and they're that, um, Owen Wilson's going to join the cast. They haven't said who he's playing it. What is the percentage that he's King? 69. Uh, I, I go 30. <laughs> like I do think he has the chops for that kind of role, but it's not really, it's not the wheelhouse that we expect from him. Um, so I'm going to go like 30. Yeah, I think it's really low too, but Mark and I were talking about that. We were like, man, what if it's, what if they throw us a, a curveball here and go Owen Wilson? That would be so off the wall. I think I would love it, but it would be so I off the I think I would too. It'd I would great. too. It, it's going to have to be somebody famous though. I think we all agree there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it has to be somebody like that. It cannot be, can't be anybody else. All right, let's go to Hot or Snot. Hot or Snot is where we talk about the things in pop culture today or this week or maybe last month. That were interesting to us, uh, kind of water cooler debate. We obviously rank these things, and if we like it, it's hot. If we hate it, it's not. Zane, we're going to start with you. What's your hot and snot? Like we talked a little bit before the show, this whole ninja just, I got to give that snot. Like, dude, like, I, I understand where you're coming from, but like, you're, you're also, you're like, you're just, you're playing video games. Like, just re- relax, take a chill pill. I know you're going to get mad at me. If you ever hear this, but I I don't care. You're not going to listen to this. You don't think Ninja <laughs> listens to our podcast? That's going to be our first one. Our one star rating is Ninja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, guys? If our first one star uh, is from Ninja because of what I'm saying, like I'll take, I'll own that. 
that's my bad. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the 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 quote that Zane is referencing, just so people that don't listen or know who Ninja is, he's an esports athlete. You you call them athletes? Esports? Are they athletes or compete comp? Competitors, uh, what do we call them? Participant, competitor. Yeah, yeah competitor maybe competitor. is a better phrase to use there. Um, he he's an esport competitor in uh, f- really known big for Fortnite. And to paraphrase his quote, I'll I'll include the link in our bio. He had a very passionate take saying, "If somebody who's a casual gamer says it's just a game, it's just a game," he, he quote he's quoted as saying, "You're a worthless human being," and he compares it to saying, "Imagine telling that to Tom Brady. Imagine telling that to LeBron James." Um, and goes on kind of a big rant, which Zane, you have pointed out to us before. He's known for doing that. That's kind of his shtick is he just will, he'll throw temper tantrums, but he is the biggest person in regards to marketing in, in, in esports right now. I mean, he's the most well, well-known name and household name partially because of his appearance, but also because he does rage and go crazy like that. So Jarrett, what are your thoughts on this quote? I hate it. I, I think he's like way off base he sounds very whiny and petulant like i understand being dedicated to your craft right and there's there's a line here where he could say something like and he actually does say like you know when you when you finish the game if you've lost you want to better yourself right and like that's great that's a good take everything else he just sounds like an idiot right like you're not tom brady uh you're not michael jordan you're not any of these things you're you're not even a good competitor like he's not he's not the best at his craft. He's not even close. He's just a dude who whines on the internet for money. And like, I cannot give this any higher uh, than a 0.1 out of six infinity stones. Like he just sounds so petulant. Yeah, this is, this is where I disagree with you guys. And we've had this conversation before. So his quote is, if anyone uses the excuse, it's just a game. I'm going to use, lose my mind. Imagine telling LeBron James and Tom Brady that they're pissed off when they're pissed off after losing a game. It's just a game. Like I'm going to lose it. Are you kidding me? You're stupid. It's the competitive nature, bro. It's just about respect, bro. It's about pride. It's so much bigger than the effing video game. Anybody that uses the excuse it's just a game is a horrible human being and is lazy, you're a lazy human being. My my agreement with him is literally up till the last like 10 words. <laughs> like when he calls people lazy and bad human beings, I'm like, okay, now we're going too far. But the comparison I give it to is the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality. I believe this is how <laughs> oh, Kobe reacted and acted with players he has film in practice where he was calling people out and looking to better them and and I think his sin I think how he's saying this is lost here because he does do it so much. I agree with you guys. He does it so much that I think he does need a pass on that. He's just kind of enraged, but it is a fair comparison to compare him to LeBron James and Tom Brady. He is one of the highest competitors in his air quote no. sports. He's not though. No. He, he's not. He's not. He does he doesn't do competition. He's constantly been sh- shut down from it as a streamer. Yes, he's very good. But the actual like competition That's wise, fair. he avoids it like the plague because he's not that good at That's them fair. because he loses often. That's fair. I think maybe the point I'm making is he's a top athlete in his sport. So I'll, I'll take away the no, I'll take away the championship him, part. I concede that. I would give him as a top yeah. entertainer. He's a good streamer. He knows how to engage his audience, well, and he garners attention well, that way. Well, but yeah, as but an actual esports participant, he's not that good. Yeah, but Kawhi Leonard is better at, at basketball than LeBron James, right? I mean, a lot of people think Kawhi Leonard's better, but LeBron James is more marketable. But LeBron, like 
LeBron James still has stats to back it up. Fair. Right? Like, you guys are saying from a competitive like, perspective, yeah. Right. Like LeBron LeBron James, no, he's not Kawhi, but he's still LeBron, right? And like he's still a powerhouse. Like Ninja is just a guy on the internet who whines for money. Yeah. He's not even in the top echelon of his See, I don't look at esports like that. I think esports is the next entertaining thing. I think access to the internet provides the world a desire to see people game. I think kids want to see this kind of stuff. Um, But I, I would disagree with that. It's a bad take until the end when he's calling people worthless, lazy human beings that there, there's some bad things to it. But in my defense, Kobe Bryant said really bad things to people too. And, and that's maybe, the part that people don't want to remember about Kobe Bryant is, is he was rude to people and he was, he was meaning try to get his point. I think that part gets lost here with Ninja, but I do understand the outrage for his lack of success in regards to competition. That's where you guys are correct and fair. Maybe is what I'm saying. So Zane, what would you rate this? (laughs) Zane, what's your rating of the, of the rant? Like, do you go six out of six? Like it's the greatest rant of all time. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, like I don't even want to rate it. Unrateable, like an unrateable rant. Yeah, yeah, like throw it out. I, get her out of here. Fan fortastic. Like Whoa. get it oh out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll give it fan fortastic. Wow, <laughs> wow you you're outraged. I can tell. I I am. Zane, you got anything else before furious. we pass it to Jarrett? Um, just I guess just a quick tack on for hot. I'll go the uh, Westworld season three trailer. I know. Uh, me and you are pretty big on Westworld. I think Robbie, Robbie is, too, is yep. too. And I'm just, uh, I'm really excited for, was it March 15th, I mm-hmm. believe? Like, that just, we're kind of slowly inching our way there, and I'm I'm excited. And that trailer just gets me more excited. I'm ready. What's your ranking? Uh, I'm going to give it a five. Five out of six. Okay. Jared, your turn. So, so my hot for this week, um, I have a few. So first is uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I was a huge, huge fan of the first two, uh, and we got confirmation that Baldur's Gate 3 will release in early access later this year. Um, if you haven't played it, it's it's the official Dungeons & Dragons licensure. Um, it's one of the original RPGs. Uh, it kind of set the tone for uh, things like Skyrim and, and some of the more successful RPGs of today were kind of evolved out of this. Um, so it's cool to see that Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. Um, this one is both a hot and a snot. So have you guys been watching Lego Masters? Uh, it's on Hulu. Um, Zane? I have not. It's been something I wanted to check out. I just haven't jumped into it yet. Okay, so so I'll recommend it for you guys. It's it's pretty good. Um, it's, it's kind of that same cookie cutter style where it's this competition between these different groups and they have time limits and special events and whatnot. Um, so that's my hot. I actually do really like the series. Uh, I think, I think the host Will Arnett is pretty hit or miss for me. Um, I think as a comedian and as an actor, he's in general, pretty hit or miss for me, but sometimes the jokes fall flat. And I think that's pretty indicative of these competition series as a whole. Um, what I'm snotting for this particularly is the latest episode, episode three has some pretty controversial, um, decisions that they make at the end. So the people who won, in my opinion, had some of the worst uh, Lego builds that I've ever seen. And some of the people who got more of the middle and lower scores have some of the, like, if I were to look at this on the street, I'd be like, okay, that person is definitely the best of their craft, hands down. Um, So it was a little weird. And like looking at it online, people are mad about this. Like 
like there's more talk about this than I than I would have even expected. So um, yeah, I'm I'm snotting their decision in episode three. I won't spoil it because you know obviously you guys are gonna want to see it down the line. But uh, I hot this this series. I snot the latest episode. Um, another big hot for me is kind of a two in one. So DC Universe is announced that they're gonna launch a role playing game. Uh, it's an unscripted show starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Sam Witwer. If you don't know who Sam Witwer is, he's the voice of um, a bunch of different characters in the Star Wars animated series, but uh, he's probably best known for his role as Darth Maul. Uh, he's the animated voice of Darth Maul. So they're getting a number of uh, DC cast members, and they're just going to run like a D&D type show. Um, and kind of in the same vein as that news, we actually got an interview with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland uh, where they would like to do something similar. So there's rumors and rumblings that kind of to counteract this DC Universe uh, TV show that's coming out, that there might be a Chris Pratt and Tom Holland Avengers uh, tabletop show on Disney+. Plus. So if that's true, I'm like absolutely out of my mind psyched for this. Uh, I think we've seen a resurgence in this kind of thing. Um, we have shows like... Uh, uh, with Deborah and Wall, um, the Russo brothers have been running campaigns. Joe uh, Magna, Magna <laughs> I'm going to butcher this name every time. Manga Niello, um, they're all coming out and saying like this is a great hobby to get into. So I think uh, seeing this more and more, more and more on the rise is a, a, a big hot for me. Um, my last snot. So I don't know if you guys heard this, but there was rumors floating around that Daniel Radcliffe uh, was going to play Moon Knight in the upcoming series. So he came out in an interview and officially said that that's not going to happen. As far as he knows, he was never approached. Um, his quote is this. If I was ever to go back to a franchise, I think that the bar for that script would have to be even higher than anything else before you can sign it onto being anything for multiple years. You have to be sure you are really going to love it all the time. I'm not averse to doing any kind of franchise thing in the future. Again, that could be fun, but the moon Knight rumors are untrue and I can officially debunk that one. I have not heard anything about Boo. this. Yeah, so I, I would have loved to see him in this role, and it sucks that it's not going to happen. I think he's kind of hinting at, like, there's been so much backlash and so much pressure following Harry Potter and all that that he he really has to feel like his heart and, and everything is committed to it before he can really sign on. Um, we do know that there is going to be a Moon Knight series coming up uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's from the director of the Umbrella Academy, uh, Jeremy Slater, so... That is a hot for me, but I think it would have been cool actually to see Daniel Radcliffe. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. So that's my hot and my snot. I got one snot. Avenue 5, uh, the HBO series starring Hugh Laurie and other people. I'm not even going to get Josh Gads in it. Not even <laughs> going to get into it otherwise than that. Uh, this show is not good. Two out of six. Um, which is bummer because you look at the you look at some of the people on the list and I was like, oh, this I like Hugh Laurie a lot. I like House. Just the premise is a little more boring than I was anticipating. Um, I watched three episodes and I'm out. Bye. Um, I watched the um, from Hot. I watched the Michael Vick documentary. Vick, this is the greatest sports documentary I've ever watched. Six out of six. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Michael Vick, aside from the dog um, fighting allegations and trial and 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 those those kinds of things. You got to go watch this and just understand the um, effect he's had on sports and effect he's had on people um, in regards to contract negotiations, in regards to culture, 
uh, between black and, and white people. Um, in regards to football and how he's changed the quarterback position, it used to be such a pocket passer presence, and now scrambling quarterbacks are becoming more of a normal thing, especially with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and even his comeback, it's a remarkable, remarkable story. And I, I've, I said this in our group chat, and I'll say it here as well. I believe this is a noble story. I think this is a story of a man who asks for forgiveness. He's served his time. Um, he is very vulnerable in this, which I really appreciate. Sometimes you watch documentaries and you're like, do I believe what this person's saying? Um, and I do believe what he's saying. And I might be idealistic in that. But, um, yeah, this this was an absolutely gem of a documentary. It is a must watch for anybody that loves sports, especially the, the, the realm of football. Zane, you mentioned Westworld. I give it a five out of six as well. It's kind of crazy how like similar we are on that, Zane. I love the covers, too. I like how they do the covers for the trailer. Yeah, they just do a good job. That's always been a good shtick they had. And That's I like a good that. bit. I like that bit. Um, but actually, are you done? No, I, got, I got I got two more. One of them one of them you and I will talk about in a sec. Oh, I was just gonna say since you brought up documentaries, I was just gonna kind of thumbnail something for my hot. Have either of you guys watched the documentary McMillions? No, it's on my it's on my watch list. Watch okay, it. We'll we'll talk it about it next episode. Very very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Um, I'm going to beat this drum. This is my WWE. This is us people. Infinity bros universe. I need you to listen Everyone to me. Just I need you out. to listen to me right now. Everyone's stopping. I don't care right if now. you don't like drama filled shows. You've got to watch. This is us. <laughs> this show is unbelievable. I continue. No show continues to make me cry more. No show, and I'm not even lying. I'm not being, I'm not speaking hyperbole. I weep watching this show. This show is remarkable. The writers are the best of the best. Marvel, you need to call This Is Us writers and get them in your scripts now. They need to be writing your TV shows. These guys are unbelievable. This Is Us, six out of six. This is becoming the greatest drama of all time to me. It's slowly, slowly getting there. I have never had an experience watching TV like I have with this show. This show is unbelievable. Six out of six. This is us. Pause to let, but pause it- to let you make fun of me. Go. Pause to let you make fun of me. Go. I feel like the two people who survived through your Witcher rambling are like, wow, he's bringing up some really good points. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, I watched this through, uh, I think, halfway through the third season or second season. Um Great, fantastic series. I don't know why I stopped watching it. I still kick myself for it. But yeah, I, I think I'm one of the few people who's like, yeah, Max, you're, you're spot this on with this one. is us. It's not too late to get on the bandwagon, guys. It's it so is good. not too late. It's not too late. Eh. The show is so eh. good. It's so good. Eh. Very layered. Get these writers on Marvel. That's all I'll say. And then Zane, eh. we went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog this weekend. Yeah, we did. Woo! <laughs> Jared, did you see uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? I did not. My wife uh, took my son for Valentine's Day. They had a little date together. Good for them. And I planned on going, but uh, life has kind of been kicking me around this past week. So I bet James really liked it. Do you know what his, he what loved is it. It? He's what not, his rating, you think? He, uh, probably like 90 out of 6. Um, <laughs> it's James, so like that's, I mean, he's allowed His skill's that a little different. That's yeah. fine. I get it. 
After discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. That is the plot. We're not lying about that. This movie stars Ben Schwartz, James Marsden, Jim Carrey, and Tika Sumpter. And then I just want to make sure that I'm getting the whole cast. Uh, that's all the major ones. Yeah, that's all the ones everybody know. Jeff Fowler directs it. It's written by Patrick Casey and uh, Josh Miller. Yuji Naka, Naoto Oshima, and Hirokazu Yasahara. Um, Zane, what's your rating of this movie? Um, well, like part of me has to keep nostalgia aside, but I also don't want to. You know, I'm going to give it... I'm going to go a 4.5. I, ver- I very much enjoyed this movie. And like I said, like... Sonic was that was my cartoon as a child favorite cartoon character of all time so a lot of nostalgia going into this and I, I it was just very well done like I just I really liked it it was very enjoyable yeah I'm gonna give this a 3.5 out of 6 and I'm on the record with saying it I'll put it here this is better than Birds of Prey I know that's a very unpopular oh. opinion in this group and in culture I, I just and that's I think that's more indicative of Birds of Prey than I think of Sonic. I just didn't like Birds of Prey. Two week two weeks away from it now, I'm like, eh, it's it's gotten worse. It's still not good. Um, but this is better than this is better than that. I thought it was funnier. Jim Carrey is actually not bad in this. He actually was channeling there. He it felt like he would get like right up to Ace Ventura, then back off. He'd just mm-hmm. get right there, yep. then back off. And I was like reaching out to the screen for him to keep doing it. I loved him. I thought he was hilarious. Um, ben Schwartz is actually a pretty good Sonic. This is incredibly charming. Incredibly charming. As Sonic. Yeah, and, and for those that don't know, he's John Ralphio in um, Parks and Rec. So if you think about him, I'm thinking him of him as a crazy psychopath who sings when he has misfortunes and things like that. But I thought he did a great job in this role. I this was a not a bad flick. I thought I thought they did okay. The action in this is very very good. Very good action. Nothing really to say past those kinds of things. If you have kids, this is a must-see. I feel like this is a must-see if you've got kids under the age of 10. They'll love it. They'll love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is playing for kids in this, I believe. Um, Adults in the theater were laughing at him. So if you're an adult, you're going to enjoy Jim Carrey. But I think your kid is going to thank you for taking them to this movie. This is a really fun movie. I don't think it's like well-written, Zane. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you on that. Um... But I think it's better than Birds of Prey, which is a newer movie that just came out that we reviewed. But that's blasphemy to other people in this group. So I, I guess part of where I guess to clarify some, the reason why that I'm saying of well-written, quote unquote, is the fact that you're literally taking something based off of a video game where the concept is you run really fast and collect rings. There's not a whole lot to draw from I there. How they handled the rings was really right, good too. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying like, I thought it was very clever that they made like a coherent story from this. When you don't really get that from the video game, or, you know, from the game. I thought they did a good like, job there. I, I really, I agreed. I that part, that part, like putting those like dots together is really hard. I have two points of uh, two two things of note here. First, like holy cow, good on them for how quickly they fixed. Like this movie looks so stinking polished. Like man, they knocked it out of the park. And I, I remember we talked about this, and we're like, wow, we ripped them so bad that they had to go back and redo this. Like. Now we have to go support them. And I think in droves, people are like, people are really excited about this movie and how polished it looked. 
And the second thing is, and you guys are going to love this, what I what James woke up to this morning, because I, I woke up a little earlier with Eli. I'm sitting in the living room. The door to the bedroom that we were sleeping in flies open, and he comes walking out sauntering, and he goes, listen, Dr. Eggman, you can never fight me. And then just stares me down for like five minutes. So like clearly this had an impact on my son and will lay in his psyche for like the next five years. So he loves this movie. This, this is a movie that kids are going to just adore in 10 years. Oh, yeah. I'm putting it down now. This will be a nostalgic big time movie to kids. Put Just mark it down now. This this movie is well done. It's it's a perfect movie for kids. Not a bad watch for parents. And in a lot of movies that are just terrible that are cartoons and stuff. This one stands above it all, and I and it's good. I enjoyed it. It was. I'm. I'm pretty sure. How did it. you? Uh, how did you? Well, I guess this is twofold. How did you like? Kind of how they handled, and then did the reveal at the end, and then set up a potential sequel. You're talking about the reveal of. Should we give a spoiler alert real quick? Yeah, I might as well just. We're gonna a slap the spoiler review real, real quick. This is. Prepare yourself. At Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Yeah, so I got pretty pretty amped about that. Just show the the ring opening, then you see the dark character, and you're like, oh my goodness, who's it gonna be? And then out walks Tails. And you're just like Oh no. Yes. You're getting the squad, and then just like, oh, the readings are here, he's gotta be here. And then it just go, walks to the edge of the cliff, and then it shows the tail, and then it slowly, then all of a sudden it just takes off, and he flies off over the, you're just like, oh my goodness, this is straight from the cartoons. This is awesome. Yeah, and they're and setting him up to have how, friends, which is really good. Um, right. And, and also Dr. Robotnik. I liked how there. they turned Dr. Robotnik into like his classic cartoon character, too. Well, right, because I feel like they're going from the transition of Robotnik, just kind of that real quirky guy that no one really like likes. So I mean, this is weird. But now, after him going to like the Mushroom Planet or whatever, I think now he comes back. This is where we're gonna get Eggman. Yeah, like this is where we're gonna get the real. Like it had the the alluding to it with him throwing the rock. Like he's gonna get the really strong. He's really gonna go off the deep end just because he's gonna be so obsessed. Like I need to catch Sonic mm-hmm. now. And now you're bringing in Tails, and now like all this sets up like you can bring in Knuckles, you could bring in you know Shadow, yeah. you can bring in, start bringing in the Chaos Emeralds. Like like there's so much you could draw from the uh the cartoons if you wanted to go that route for a sequel. And so like the ending of that, I just got so hyped up for that. I was like, yes, you got Tails. Let's yeah, it go. Does have, it does have a um, excuse me, post credit scene is what Zane's referencing here. So yep. make sure you stay after if you if you're looking to catch that. Um. Yeah, I'm, it, it's good. It's a good movie. It's not amazing, but it's good. So let's uh, let's get into the top five. The we're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List starts now. All right. Every week we try to do a top five segment. This week, in honor of Valentine's Day being last week and Mark's wedding happening a week ago. Happy uh, wet, happy one week to Mark and Kelly. Uh, they got married. That's what we were off on our hiatus, hanging out with them. Uh, uh, this week, we're doing the top five romantic movies of all time. So we left it pretty broad because Zane was like, what if I don't like rom-coms? Blah, 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 blah. So we left it. So this could really go anywhere. So Zaner, we will start with you. 
Rip this Band-Aid off now. All right, so I basically just had to put this on, like, I don't even know, like, I can't even base it on really good movies. I just have to go on movies I've seen in general. So, (laughs) (laughs) just because, so I don't, like, these might be terrible romance movies from the eyes of other people, but... It's one of the these are the I've five seen. romance movies, I've right? Seen. Exactly. These are the five I've seen. So here's my list. But um, so uh, number five for me is the Time Traveler's Wife. Ooh. Number four. I didn't think of that one. Number four is Crazy Stupid Love. All right. Number three is The Notebook. Zane, you actually have a sentimental list. I know. Uh, I'm proud number of you. Two is. Number two is always be my maybe. Oh my gosh, Zane! Yes. <laughs> number there. one, number one is the princess. Yeah, I knew bride. you were gonna put that on my there. Because for man. those that, yeah, for those that don't listen to the show often, I hate the Princess Bride and I've never watched it and I'm refusing to watch it. We're not going down that rabbit hole, though. Jared, you go ahead. <sighs> All right. Um. <laughs> princess Bride's stupid. Jared, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mentions are the proposal, Hitch, and Leap Year. Um, Again, they're fantastic movies, but I just I had to cut movies, and those were the three that I cut. Uh, number five is Crazy Stupid Love. I think this is a very comical movie, uh, but I also think that it's a great love story. Um, number four, Always Be My Maybe. We've talked about it Gosh. Uh, way too much on this podcast, it, but man, we, this movie rocks. We are leading the charge on Always Be My Maybe. This podcast it's great. leads the charge on that movie. It's This, this movie is star-studded for sure. Yes. Um, star-studded. Number three, and this got pretty controversial. I actually had to ask quite a few people if they count this as a romance movie. And I got more yeses than no, so I'm going to put it on here, even though it may may not cut the mustard. Uh, Number three is A Knight's Tale. Um, Fantastic movie in general, and there's a great romance subplot that goes through it. Um, Number two, and one of my all-time favorites. Hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. So... So... so, so the romance is the subplot, not not the main plot. It's the subplot. So hmm. then, the how is this is a ro- a knight. So how how is this romance? How is this a romance movie? If that's the subplot, your list okay. is terrible. Throw it all Get out. It out of You're here. done, right, Max. Sure. What a terrible. Well, see you guys. Uh, what a terrible take. <laughs> Just terrible. finish your list, Jared. And you're going to make fun of me because I only had five. At least mine are romance movies. Senior Jarrett. list is great. We know this and we love you, Jared. Shame on you. Finish Thanks. your list. <laughs> Wait, so we're gonna we're gonna backtrack from oh I hate Princess Bride to no Zane, you're awesome. You're precious. His his list is good up till one, but doggone it, everybody gets one. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh number two is Ten Things I Hate About You. Um this was okay. the first movie I think I watched with Heath Ledger in it. Oh, I have two Heath Ledger ones. I was gonna say, time. okay, hey. is Joe is, is the Dark Knight number one? Because there's love in that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um number two is Ten Things I Hate About I'm, You. Number one I'm surprised. Is, Oh my gosh, Zane, let me finish. <laughs> let me finish the list. Goodness. I'm just saying, you're going after Heath Ledger movies. Like, it just well, makes hey, sense. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this has been Infinity Bros Podcast. Uh, please feel free to check us out on Facebook and Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts. Jared's rattled. All right. <laughs> Number one is Princess Pride. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah oh my gosh Jared just, and i will just say <laughs> it's not a movie it's not a movie uh but i will say this is an honorable mention uh if you're into romantic tv shows me and my wife has started watching outlander it's fantastic i like it so far check it out this is all right max do us. your thing this is us anymore. if we're talking about tv shows this is us. 
Yeah. This is go us. Go ahead. Do your Here thing. I don't, I'm, I'm over it. <clears throat> We're talking about TV shows. There are no honorable Dragon mentions on my list. This is the list you need. Here we go. Number five, The Big Sick, starring Camille Nanjiani. This is an actual true story about how he fell in love with his wife. Very funny movie. Very good movie. Number four, Crazy Rich Asians. If I was making a top 10 list of most underrated movies of all time, Crazy Rich Asians is going on that list. Love this movie. One of my favorites. Number three, Crazy Stupid Love. It's a clean sweep for Crazy Stupid Love. It makes all of our lists. Um, this is like Steve Carell at his best, in my opinion. I really like Steve Carell in this role. This is a good role for him. Number two, Always Be My Maybe. It's barely number two on my list. I went back and forth on it. Jared, did we lose you? You just sound really upset. Are you okay? Zine really rattled you earlier. And and my number one is Princess. I'm just kidding. My number one is Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. It is the greatest rom-com of all time. I still laugh today when Tom Hanks pulls his kid to the side and goes, how many states away is she? And he pulls the United States map down. And the kid just looks at that and goes, ah! And he counts like 10 states. And he goes, you're stupid. Rolls it up and then walks away. I still laugh at that scene. Hilarious. Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks. You want to fall in love with somebody, sit down and watch Sleepless in Seattle with them. Zane, take notes. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I Very guess. Good. Very good. <laughs> well, uh, this has been fun, guys. This has been really real. Aside from Oof. your um, bad takes, I really, really enjoyed this podcast with you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. Jarrett, thank you for taking time all the way out in the mountains to do this. Getting your hamster on that electrical wheel and the internet wheel is really hard. Absolutely. I actually made it through an episode without dropping out. So that's I think we're going to call that a um, positive um, reinforcement. We're just going to affirm you. Go, Jared. Go, Jared. Right. You're the man. Oh, thank you. Go, go Jared. Man, Jared. Yeah, Jared. You got this. Yeah. You rock. Yeah, Jared. Good job. Zane, way to be here about 20 minutes late. Hey, you know, I, uh, yeah. Positive affirmation. You're welcome. Good job, Zane. Good job. Yeah, I love that. Good thank job. you no so much. I had no other plans tonight. Other than waiting yeah, for you. Jerry, so Jerry, you. And I, Jerry and I had no other plans. We were just sitting here waiting. I I, I could have been 30 minutes late. So <laughs> you're welcome. Must be nice. And thank you, <laughs> listener, for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we also got a TikTok account. I know. I know. Woo-hoo. Shame on us. The Infinity Bros podcast. Check us out on TikTok. We also have unleashed our website. Go to Infinity Bros. Is it the Infinity Bros or InfinityBros.com? It's theinfinitybros.com. Theinfinitybros.com. It's not like those Infinity Bros, yes. you know. It's theinfinitybros.com. Go check that out. Leave us a rating on our iTunes. On our iTunes. Come on, guys. We need another five-star rating like Tyler had at the beginning of the episode. It was really kind of him to take yeah. time to do that for us. But we will see you guys next week. As always, we love you 3000, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>